Welcome to the Stock Music Licensing Podcast, the number one resource for creating passive income selling stock music online. I'm your host, Daniel Carrizales, and I'm here to help you monetize your compositions. All right, welcome to episode 41 of the Stock Music Licensing Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for all the love and support. If you're new here in this podcast, this is all about music licensing, royalty-free libraries, and specifically about stock music and libraries like Pond5 and Audio Jungle. Today, we're going to be talking about subscription, the the, the, the most hated uh, topic when it comes down to music licensing uh, or royalty-free libraries that they have implemented uh, subscription or memberships. Uh, in a ways for to attract a different kind of customer, and it offers uh, very low uh, fees on a monthly basis and unlimited downloads, and uh, it's just uh, something that has been uh, affecting um, the, the the industry for sure. And uh, times are changing, times are evolving, and uh, we need to adapt as composers to this ever-changing marketplace. But before we get into the content of this episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by Stock Music Licensing Academy. If you want to learn more about the Academy, go to stockmusiclicensing.com, click Academy, and learn about my premium course, The Ultimate Stock Music Masterclass. Go and read all the testimonials of all the talented composers like yourself that have taken the course. Follow a step-by-step blueprint in order for them to get the music in places like Pond5 and Audio Jungle and beyond and start earning money by selling stock music online. So let's dive in right away into the topic of this uh, episode. What, what is this thing, membership sites and subscription uh, when it comes down to royalty-free libraries? Now, these are something that has uh, been happening for some time now. But there's no, no secret that this is what's happening in many industries. Netflix, for example, is one of them. And anything that is like Netflix, like Prime Video or Hulu or whatever it is, these are all models that it has um, been infiltrated really into our life uh, one way or another. And it's becoming more and more popular, uh, in, in, especially on the online world as well, to be uh, paying a monthly fee for something and have access for certain things. Now, obviously, music licensing and royalty-free libraries have implemented this as well in their uh, business uh, model. And, and we composers have been hit really hard because you have customers that want to pay a very small fee on a monthly basis, but yet they can download as much music as possible. And, you know, the music has a very low value when it comes down to, to money, really. Well, what, what is it worth? The same is with uh, many, many things. I don't want this episode to be something negative because I do have my music on many libraries which are part of a membership and they offer membership uh, or credits as well or points, if you will, to, to clients. 123RF is one of them, okay? And uh, you price your music based on credits or points and uh, that will allow the client or the customer that is paying uh, kind of like a monthly um, fee, if you will, or he has accumulated a, a certain amount of points or credits to download your music, okay? Uh, there's other libraries who has offered a lot of this type of uh, membership, like, okay, uh, they, they pay like a monthly fee of like, I don't know, $9 or $15, which in reality is nothing for the client. And they have unlimited downloads, okay, of music tracks. And they have access to all of this music for pretty much for nothing. 
obviously the most uh, hated one in the industry uh, is Envato Elements, especially the ones when it comes down to Envato Elements music, because uh, Audio Jungle has been hit very hard by by this uh, model, and, and and it's something that now I am part of as well, okay? And the reason why is because I got invited. And the way you the way it works is that you can apply. I don't know if it's I'm not sure if it's still working like this, but the way it used to work in the back in the day when they first introduced Envato Elements uh, is that you apply, okay, you you fill up a form online and they will review your music or your catalog and then they will say, okay, yes or no. Uh, you can become part of uh, the Envato Elements and mainly what, what happens is that you're selling your music from your Audio Jungle uh, catalog, you're selling it on to uh, Envato Elements, which is their membership site. So, so really, uh, I think lately they are letting more people in because they need music, they need composers, that's the reality of it. And uh, you as a composer have to decide if you want to participate in this type of membership uh, site or this membership models, okay? Uh, there's a lot of hate. I did a YouTube video about it when they first introduced Envato uh, Elements. And my, my argument back then was, why am I not participating in this? Why am I not allowed to, to embark on this? There's many other sites that they allowed you to, to opt in, if you will. Uh, Motion Elements is one of them. You can sell your music up front and you can become part of a subscription or the membership site as well. And this, it just you're just targeting to different customers because the reality of it is that the customer, not everybody wants to pay a subscription fee every month for music, believe it or not. I know that you might be thinking that well, there's customers out there that they just want to, they're dying to buy uh, unlimited music, but they're not really. They are uh, three types of customers. And, and this is something that I learned by speaking with a, a library owner as well. Uh, and I was having a conversation with him about this and, and he told me, listen, Daniel, there's three types of customers. There's the, the number one, which is like a premium customer. All right. Well, this is no in no particular order, but he told me that there's a customer that is willing to pay a premium price uh, for music, and they don't care. They, obviously, there's a limit that they're willing to pay for, but they don't really are so concerned with paying $9 for the music track or $50 at the higher end. Okay. And he actually mentioned that is uh, people sometimes they even pay up to $100, uh, especially on, on libraries like Pwn5. You can price your music a little bit higher and see how it performs. He said there's a premium customer that is willing to pay whatever it takes to, to a certain limit uh, to find the right music track. And they're not concerned with uh, if, it's, if it's on a membership or if it's, you know, if it's an offer or if it's cheaper, the better. They're just willing to pay the money. And they all they care about is the music. So that's like the premium customer. Then there's uh, the regular customer, the, the everyday type of customer, which is buying uh, on, a, on, on a neat basis. Okay, so if it's a YouTuber, he might want to need uh, he might need a music track here and there. He doesn't really want to be paying a monthly fee because people don't want to pay anymore <laughs> every month. Okay, every time you subscribe to something, every time you are becoming part of a subscription or another membership, it all adds up. Okay, you have Netflix over here, you have another thing going on over there where you can download some free audiobooks or whatever. Then you have this thing going on on the other side where you can uh, listen to music for 
I don't know, for, for whatever amount of money it costs you to, to listen to music, I don't know, on a monthly basis. Or you can go for something like Spotify, which uh, allows you to listen to music for free, but you have the ads. And, you know, there's always like a compromise with this membership in this uh, subscription type of models. But there is a customer that just wants to buy a music truck today. And they don't want to be paying every month for unlimited downloads. Actually, it's too much. They don't need that. Okay, so that's uh, one type of customer. And then there's another type of customer that needs a lot of music because it's the nature of their business. It's the nature of their what they're doing. Okay, so it's buying one track at a time is not enough. And, and those are three types of customers. Once you start understanding that, then you can really see that not everybody wants to pay uh, every month to have unlimited downloads of music. And I completely understand that. And having this conversation with somebody from the inside for a, with a music, with a library owner, they do understand that they need to offer that in order to stay competitive, obviously, but in order to as well to serve that type of customer who might need a lot of music and they're willing to pay every month uh, for that music track, okay? And for, yes, to have unlimited downloads. And, and that's why Envato as well is doing this. That's why as well many other libraries are going to be implementing this. And, and it's not something that is cool. It's not something that is nice. But from a business perspective, this is what libraries are doing. And that's the reason why they're doing it. Because there is a type of customer that wants and needs a lot of music. I'll give you another example. My wife, she works for a, as a publisher for a big publishing company here in Greece. Uh, well, it's a British slash Greek company, but they make a lot of books, okay? And they are using, obviously, a lot of stock photos, and they have a corporate plan. They really uh, pay every month, or I think it's a yearly one, actually, with this, because this is a, a corporate kind of like a plan that they have. And they have this with a particular stock library. I don't remember what which one it is, but uh, they have changed one or twice over the years, and they have access to, I don't know how many uh, photos that they can download on, a, on any given time on a monthly basis. Obviously, this is at a major scale, but because they're making so much books and they're creating so much content, they need access to really a lot of photos. And yes, they pay uh, a yearly fee for all of this because it's a lot cheaper if you pay on a yearly, base, uh, yearly basis or, or a plan, and it's not a monthly, but... Yes, I guess photographers that do take a stock photo, they could get hit very hard. But at the same time, if you have something like this, a, a publisher and a big company where they're creating books, and they are mainly educational books, and, and they're like career books as well, or at least that's the department where my wife is working, and, uh, and they, they need a lot of uh, images because they need a lot of explanation and images that it will support the teaching, Okay. So that's just another example. Now, with the music, it could be different, obviously. But it all comes down to the same kind of like marketplace. It all comes down, down to the same idea of subscription and membership. But understanding that not everybody wants to pay a membership, at least it will make you feel a little bit better, I guess, that not everybody's going to pay a monthly fee on Envato Elements and they just want to uh, take your music for nothing. Okay, And that's what us composers need to really adapt to. I've spoken to other music library owners saying that this is destroying the industry. And yet these same people that are library owners, they have a subscription as well <laughs> in place. So they cannot do anything about it either. Okay, 
So, and but I've spoken to other library owners and they say like, well, that's is part of the business. That's that's what you need to do. So us as composers, we need to, to take a stand and say, okay, so what I'm going to do, am, am I going to sell the music on a membership site? Yes or no? And my question to you will be, if you were invited to Envato Elements, for example, which is really hated, okay, this is probably the most hated uh, membership uh, site uh, in the whole uh, stock music uh, library world, or at least that's what <laughs> people are expressing, uh, would you uh, join in? Would you say, you know, okay, I'm going to start selling my music on Envato Elements? And that's a good question. Because my argument from day one was like, well, how come I can't? Because it's not like I'm selling my music for pennies. I just want to participate in this evolving marketplace. And actually, I'm getting more money now than before because I got in. Okay, and that's a good thing. And I see a lot of other composers uh, putting their music as well on Envato Elements. I even see reviewers of Audio Django, that they have their music on Envato Elements. So these people are getting not only a paycheck from Envato because they're reviewing your tracks, not only they're selling their music as well on their profile on Audio Django, but at the same time, they are part of the membership on Envato Elements, and they're getting their cut as selling because they're selling their music in, in this site. And that's perfectly fine. You know, You can't be a hater for that. This is a musician who's trying to make a living like you, all right? So if you are willing to do all of these things, then you should not complain about it. I'm not complaining that I get $70 uh, in the, my first two months of Envato. And it's the same with um, motion elements. It's very little, but I get some, some, some downloads from there. The same is with 123RF, which is with points, really, but it's kind of like the same model. It, it, they're using like a, the same kind of like a system and many others. But when it's something so hot like Envato Elements, I can see the potential now. Like I said, right now I'm on $100 and, and this is something that is going to grow because it does grow very fast. And I only have a few music tracks there. I still need to put more in there so I can really get some more downloads because it's all about downloads. So you can complain and argue all you want. Uh, I did as well... Uh, <laughs> an argument on my YouTube channel talking about uh, Spotify and the streaming platforms, how little you get per streams and how much, how many streams you need to really make some money. And I've talked about as well about YouTube, how much views, how many views you need in order to start making some, some decent money with uh, ads that you put on your YouTube channel or your videos. And it's very little. It's almost like it will make you want to cry, Okay. Obviously, we don't do YouTube videos just to create money with ads. At least I don't, uh, because it's a lot of hard work. And if you're going to see it from that angle, you, you just don't do it, okay? But when we do music, it takes a lot of effort to compose the music as well, make it uh, to work in a particular marketplace. But then you have to understand that this mar there's different avenues for you to sell your music. There are a lot of video makers. There are a lot of uh, film um, Makers, there's a lot of YouTubers that need quick and easy access to music and they want to buy it from a library like Pond5, okay? They don't want any complicated licenses. They just want to be able to, to buy the track and use it on their project. They're not willing to go to a higher-end library, boutique, exclusive library that only uh, a, a few people uh, are composing there because this type of libraries, they work in a, they serve a different market, if you will, all right?
So don't get confused. When we're talking about stock music and royalty-free libraries, we're talking about Pond 5, Audio Jungle, uh, Dreamstime, 123RF, all right? V-Fine Music, Music Grid. All of these libraries are royalty-free libraries. You can still get your music placed on TV. You can still uh, be registered with a PRO. It's not a boutique library. Yes, it's a marketplace. Everybody can participate. You can call it whatever you want. <laughs> Somebody said once it is the royalty-free libraries are the Walmart of music licensing. But uh, either you like it or not, uh, royalty-free libraries take a massive chunk uh, in the licensing uh, world or in the licensing marketplace because it's so big, it's so affordable, and people need it, people want it, okay? And, and you, you have to understand how, on how are you going to uh, adapt in these changing times? And that's my question to you, all right? If you are not on Invato Elements and somebody says to you and you receive an email like I did, all right, if you apply for the thing or whatever and then you get accepted and they say, hey, we really want you inside of Invato Elements, would you say no because you're so proud that you don't want to sell your music for pennies? That's my question, you know? It's the reason why I share my journey. It's the reason why I share my takings on Envato Elements, and I'm going to document the whole thing to prove a point that I actually can make some money there. And yes, of course, in the beginning, it's going to be very low. Some tracks are going to be next to nothing, but eventually that music track is creating money again and again and again because somebody else is downloading that uh, music track. And actually, what I noticed is that music tracks that are being downloaded on Envato Elements, which are the same music tracks that I have on my profile on Ori Jungle, those tracks are not selling on my, <laughs> on my own Jungle portfolio, but they're selling on Envato Elements. And that's exactly what I want. I want the same music track that I might not be selling in one place to be selling in another because it's already been made. I already composed a music track. I already gave birth to this, okay? <laughs> so I, I wanted to put to good use. If it's not going to perform well here, I want it to perform well over there. Okay, and this is a perfect example that I'm in still in the same marketplace with two different models, all right? And in one, it has zero sale, and on the other one, in less than two months, I can see that it's making me some money. The same music track. That's fascinating, all right? And that could happen to you as well. You could have music tracks on all your jungle that it might not be selling, but if you put it on Envato Elements, very quickly, you're going to start making money. That's what you want, really, at the end of the day. I did this argument about Spotify. Uh, that I am not uh, on Spotify. I don't have my music on Spotify, but I'm willing to to go and jump in because I feel like it's a platform where everybody has their music. Every artist have uh, an album and uh, their music on Spotify, and I don't. Here I am, Daniel, the composer, the educator, but I don't have my music on Spotify. Yes, I know how low the takings are, the, the streaming and all of this, but... Is that going to be something that is going to stop me from joining in? I mean, what am I going to do? Start creating a CD? You know, that's the marketplace. Unfortunately for me, the marketplace is that's Spotify. Everybody's there. All right. So what am I going to do? Protest in the street because the streamings are very low. Okay. And I'm not saying that we have to comply, but I'm just saying that that's what has come up, come to nowadays. That's the evolution of the music industry. Do you like it or not? And I, for one, want to evolve with it and see how can I navigate this um, ever-changing industry. But we're going to stick with music licensing for now. I don't want to talk about Spotify or YouTube or anything else. 
But this is part of the music industry. This is part of what's happening around us. And you have to keep your eyes open and understand that memberships is part of the music licensing world. I get some comments on my YouTube channel saying that I'd rather die <laughs> before I join a subscription um, or a membership site. Then don't do it. It's a free world. I always say this. You don't have to join in. If your music is so precious, then don't sell it. Keep it to yourself. It's that simple, you know. But you have to think about the same thing happens with Netflix. I mean, I pay very little for Netflix. Here in Europe, I think, uh, in Greece here, I pay like, I think it's $9 every month. Is it $9 or 9 euros? Anyways, it's very, very little. Okay? Very, very little. And then the amount of uh, access that I have to movies, documentaries, and they're always adding new stuff. It's quite good for your money. I think it's a really good deal. Me as a consumer, and, and you know, I come from the days of Blockbuster, so I'm really dating myself with this, but I was the one who would go to Blockbuster and pay for a film on Blockbuster if it was available, you know, and then you have the late fees if you don't return the film. So I'm from that school, okay? So to see this now, that I can actually have unlimited view time on my TV, all right, I have all of this series and all of these fantastic movies and documentaries. Okay, it's a quite good deal. I'm really happy to pay that. So I think it, that's going to apply to everything in the future, you know. And this is how what's happening. This is what it's evolving to. And you have to ask yourself that now, why are so many Hollywood actors <laughs> uh, doing series? And the series are really mind blowing nowadays. But ask yourself, like, why are all these Hollywood actors, these high-paid actors, on Netflix now? Because they have to make money. They have to earn a living somehow. And this is where the industry is going. It's all going to this type of uh, networks. It's going to this type of cable TV and subscription things. And, and it's good because the quality has increased, obviously. Series nowadays are really, really good, high quality. They're better than movies, actually, sometimes. You know, I, if I watch a good series on Netflix, especially if it's something that is unique content that has been created by Netflix, and the same is with Hulu and the other ones and uh, Prime Video. They're trying to create content that is unique to them, okay, and exclusive to them, really. So I know it's a weird analogy, but that's part of the industry uh, changes. So you can see that you can evolve. You don't need to be a filmmaker or somebody that is in the industry of uh, movies and TV networks to understand that what has happened in the last few years uh, with Netflix and the way we consume uh, series and TV, okay? The same is going to be with music. And this, I believe it's the same is going to be with everything. It's just going to be subscription for, for something, and then you're going to have access to music, to, to films, to videos, uh, and everything is going to be like that, I believe, in the future, okay? Even utilities. I don't know how, but some things are just going to be a subscription, and then you have access to this kind of things. And it's just a matter of every month pay a subscription and or pay your fee on a monthly basis, if you will. So uh, I just wanted to really drop this very quickly. This is probably one of the... Uh, Probably this is one of those episodes that uh, the conversation will carry on. I would like to talk more about membership and, and subscription uh, models in uh, royalty-free libraries, and specifically with Envato Elements as a composer. And hey, hey, there's more people out there in Envato Elements that are doing better than me, okay? They're not sharing the numbers, but they're doing much better than me, all right? 
but I want to be a voice of reason and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, this is what you could be getting. And it's not that bad, all right? We shouldn't be so <laughs> so proud. I'm like, okay, but this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm getting, and uh, you can do the same thing. And it's up to you to decide if your music is, is worth that or not, or if you want to keep your music to yourself and, and resist and, you know, and fight the status quo, if you will. I think we can fight the status quo in a different way and um, just evolve. It's about evolution. We composers, we need to evolve. Again, thanks a lot for all the love and support for listening to this uh, episode. Uh, if you like this uh, topic or this podcast in general, please uh, share it with somebody. Leave me a review. It really helps the podcast to be found. Share this episode with somebody that might benefit from this. Uh, drop me a line and comment on your take on subscription and membership site, specifically on uh, Envato Elements. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, usually people that complain about membership sites or subscription models like Envato Elements are people that are on the outside, and I completely understand that. Uh, I completely uh, sympathize with, uh, with you if you're not in and you're complaining because I, I feel the same way and I was feeling the same way. But my argument was that I'm not only complaining about them, but I'm complaining about them because I'm not in, you see? So uh, let me know what you think. I hope this episode, uh, wherever you listen to, it finds you well. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're doing great. And uh, as always, rock and roll, and here's to your success.